this is Whitney. And this is Hysterical Hysterical Women. Women. The podcast that no one asks for about our thoughts about gender in our society. Each week we're going to dissect events macro and micro to determine if we think this week was a win or a loss for feminism. feminism. (laughs) Hey everyone, welcome to a Juneteenth edition of Hysterical Women, the pod. We hope that you're taking the day or that you took the day or whenever you're listening to this to honor and celebrate Juneteenth. I hope that people's like companies celebrated the holiday, hopefully with by you not having to go to work. Yeah, I was really um, excited and like proud of John's, John Works at Warner Media and they announced like yesterday they're like yeah we're gonna celebrate it this year and we're sorry we haven't done it sooner and take Friday off I was like that's amazing I feel like honestly I mean they're in it's the music industry so like they obviously have a lot of like black artists and black listeners and things like that but I I was like I mean about time but like I'm I feel like they've they've like tried to make changes quickly on like a in a big way which I think is great well, I actually have um, two questions I'd like to ask you this week. Well, that I'm actually hoping you'll ask me, but I'll ask you first. Um, and the first one is about Juneteenth. And that is, what have you learned about Juneteenth this week? Because I want someone to ask me this because honestly, I really didn't know that much about it until people have shared on social media. And I've learned more and I'm like, this is really fascinating. And I wish I would have known this better. So have you learned anything that you'd like to share? Because I knew literally nothing. So maybe, <laughs> maybe so you can be the primer. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, you take it away. I'm really excited for you to, to do this question. Amazing. Well, um, one thing I didn't know, which I guess was really Im- like important and obvious, was that Juneteenth is not the day that enslaved people were free or the day that slavery ended. It was the day when enslaved Texans found out that they had been free for over two years. And I didn't realize that. I thought that it was like the day that like slavery was abolished, but it's actually the day that the people who had already been freed were told because the people in Texas and thank goodness I'm not in Texas anymore because I just have a lot of rage towards Texas right now because of this, but they, um, the people didn't like the emancipation proclamation happened like a year and a half before then the Emancipation Proclamation happened more than two years before Juneteenth, but they like didn't tell people in Texas that they had to free their slaves, that they had to free their enslaved people. I'm learning. I'm trying to figure out the correct uh, words. Many enslavers continue to hold enslaved people captive after the announcement. And so Juneteenth became the symbolic date representing African-American freedom. And yeah, it was like a two and a half year delay that's important because it was the news had been deliberately withheld by the enslavers so that they could reap the benefits of one last cotton harvest, which is just like so Texas, if you ask me. And so it's like an extra special day. And then I was learning about like the celebrations that it has kind of manifested into today, was reading like the New York Times article about it. And I really loved the focus on like community and celebration and events in the parks and parades. And um, I think it's a really great opportunity to highlight Black businesses right now, which I think have been amplified a lot, specifically on social media. Um, So it's just like, let's keep going with that. Uh, Also, if this is dropping on Saturday, 
there's been this like week long push from the black publishing world to buy books by black authors, specifically from black bookstores. So in celebration of Juneteenth and black art, you could be doing that right now. Another thing about Juneteenth is there's a new movie coming out called Miss Juneteenth, which actually releases on the 19th. And it's about this mother who is a pageant winner of Miss Juneteenth, kind of raising her daughter to like compete in that pageant world. And I've only watched the trailer on the iTunes movie trailer page, which is my guilty pleasure, love of my life. People who make trailers, boy, do they understand how to hook you. (laughs) They hook you. But it looks like an incredible movie. It's got a 97 on Rotten Tomatoes. And it is directed and written by Channing Godfrey Peoples, a a female director and writer. And that's fucking awesome. I'll have to like do some more research into her. Amazing. So look out for that. Do you know where it's streaming? Right now, it says that you can get it on Fandango now. But I bet it will be released elsewhere. I love it. I love it. I have another question. Bring it on. You can take my question too, because I I don't have a question this week. Okay, great. That sounds perfect because I have lots to talk about. Um, Well, I don't really know how to phrase this as a question, um, but I just also wanted to ask, okay, how do I make this a question? Think, 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 Whitney. How do I bring up talking about how I want to talk about AOC, but make it a question? Um, that's my question. That's the question of the, the day. How do I make that into a question? Um, no, I just want to talk about this. First off, I love AOC. I actually don't agree with a hundred percent of her policies, but I agree with a lot of them. And I also think she's going to be president one day. And that makes me really excited. And I think she's only a couple years older than me or around my age. I'm not entirely sure, but, um, I, so I feel like, you know, we've got a while until that happens, but sometimes I just daydream about the day when I think she'll be president and I'm like, that's going to be so cool. Um, and anyway, so basically what I wanted to share was her response when someone asked about defunding police. And I just was like, she's so good. I mean, she's such a good politician. Like she's such a good speaker. Anyway, I'll, I go on. I digress. I digress. But her answer was, Um, The good news is that it actually doesn't take a ton of imagination. It looks like a suburb. So defunding the police, she says, looks like a suburb. Affluent white communities already live in a world where they choose to fund youth, health, housing, etc. more than they fund police. These communities have lower crime rates, not because they have more police, but because they have more resources to support healthy society in a way that reduces crime. And this part I loved also. When a teenager or preteen does something harmful in a suburb, I say teen because that is often where lifelong carceral cycles begin for black and brown communities, white communities bend over backward to find alternatives to incarceration for their loved ones to protect their future, like community service or rehab or restorative measures. Why don't we treat black and brown people the same way? Why doesn't the criminal system take care of of black teens' futures? Why doesn't the news use black people's graduation or family photos and stories the way they do when they cover white people, e.g. Brock Turner, who commit harmful crimes? Affluent white suburbs also design their own lives so that they walk through the world without having much interruption or interaction with police at all, aside from community events and speeding tickets. And many of those communities try to reduce those too. 
So just starting there would be drastically and radically different world than we are experiencing now. That's the end of the quote. And having come from a predominantly white suburban, like affluent community, that is how it was. Like we had so many youth programs and so many like outreach. And I remember we had this thing called teen court. I don't know if this is a thing everywhere, but like if you got a speeding ticket, you could, or maybe it was any crime, then you were a teenager, you would go to teen court. And it was like literally a a jury of teenagers would decide what your like punishment would be. And I wanted to be a lawyer for a while. And so my dad took me there to, and and mom took me there to like be on the jury. And there were kids who like got, I, I feel like there may have been like a weed violation and definitely speeding violations. And we, as like a teen jury would, I remember we kind of, it was kind of bad, but we would be like, yeah, you need to do like X amount of community service is what we think like fits the bill for this. And also (laughs) this is where we took advantage of a little bit, but we were like, and also you need to write a poem about whatever you were convicted of, the like speeding thing and how you're not going to do it again. And that was kind of just a mess with them. But I think about that and I'm like, that kind of program is like, I mean, it taught like the jury about the law. It like set kids up to do community service to make reparations. Like, and that's the thing is I think that there are so many having just come from Texas and and I think people are so afraid of the phrase defund the police, which also as a sidebar, I think was a really strong wording from a PR standpoint. (laughs) Cause I'm like, it sounds so radical that I think it, like people immediately are kind of resistant to getting on board with it until they realize it. But for me coming from a community like the one that she was describing, I'm like, that works really well. And it does protect kids and keep them from entering the like incarceration system. So anyway, I thought that was great. Do you have anything you want to share about AOC or another politician if you want? First off, I understand the, I think that a lot of like specifically parents have a lot of resistance to like the idea of defunding the police because it does sound really radical. I think we actually want to abolish the police if we're being honest. So even further, Mm. uh, because the police system, there's so many good resources on the Instagram and also just like history of like the prison industrial complex and the police, which are really hand in hand. But like, but yeah, it's this like dismantlement of this institution that never served the black and brown communities but but it's it sounds so radical because it is an institution that like has has served white people for a very long time but you're like yeah but actually it's just putting money into into like housing and health care and all of these things that like no you like yeah it's like you right. really like them like trust me that's actually what's already happening in your community yeah, exactly. So we got to keep fighting for that. Keep calling our uh, our reps. Mm-hmm. Let de Blasio know. Let him that know. His bu- budget is bogus. Um, so AOC actually uh, endorses Farah Soufrant Forrest, who is a union nurse, tenant activist, longtime resident of Crown Heights, and she is running for assembly. And I think this is just, it's gorgeous. And this is just like one of many exciting things that we get to look for on our ballots. And I sure hope everyone is voting. I just um, said it on Monday. Heck Sunday. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna, it's not gonna 
solve everything, but it is, you know. But important. I mean, we have to make policy changes. Yeah, exactly. So vote, vote, vote. Farrah seems rad. Um, and AOC endorses her. So come on. So come on. It doesn't get better than that. Yeah. Hey, Whitney, do you have a macro event? I think we both realized that we don't have micro events. Yeah. So that's rad. So let's just go on pro and then go on home. <laughs> Wait, home. Okay. So mine, um, I don't have a specific article um, to point to, but I think that this is um, important of what's happening in the LGBTQ community and with within that already marginalized group, like all people of color and this probably, I don't know, maybe especially black people in that community are even further marginalized. And so it's something I want to talk about today um, of this kind of like whiplash of rights that's been happening over the last two weeks. So um, essentially last, okay, so I believe this was last Friday. It might've been last Thursday. Our <laughs> president, I don't even want to say his name, um, basically said that trans people are not entitled to receiving like adequate health care and he like rolled back on all of the gorgeous work that Obama had done and said that our healthcare providers can deny care to trans patients which was like devastating news and I have so many problems with and bad bad news bears but then this week the supreme court um had a ruling that um that LGBTQ people cannot be discriminated discriminated against at work because of their gender identity, sexual orientation, which to me, to be honest, I didn't realize that that hadn't happened yet. And I was just like, that's baffling and terrible. Like, I almost like didn't feel like I could be excited about it because I was like, I didn't realize that we still were not at that point. And, and so I guess, yeah, for me, it kind of felt like this whiplash of like, the president being like, actually, you can't have healthcare rights. And then the Supreme Court, like on a six out of three decision was like, actually, you can't discriminate based on that. And I was like, thank goodness. But what I didn't realize until I was reading more about it is that the second ruling that the Supreme Court made actually could sideline Trump's healthcare rules. So it could overrule what he had done last week which I think is still kind of like in flux. Like they're still trying to figure out the implications of it, but there is a possibility, fingers crossed, knock on wood, that um, that, that ruling would over would override what, what the president had done. So fingers crossed to that. Keep reaching out to your representatives with that because I think, I mean, trans rights are human rights and the, like we just need to keep fighting for our marginalized family and, and keep doing that but I think it'll, it'll be interesting to see kind of how um how it shakes out I, I do think it's been interesting just to see how you know this is obviously not best case scenario for anything but just how quickly things are happening right now and how quickly decisions are being made um and like obviously it shouldn't have taken a global pandemic and the murder of you know our like black family to to get the, like the ball rolling but it does feel like things are cha changing and shaking up and um i'm hoping that we're kind of in the middle of a new era and a new awakening of sorts yeah but then i feel like that was really manifested during like i think there is more than one march on on sunday for black trans lives matter specifically but like 15,000 people amassed at the brooklyn museum 
And there was like so many incredible featured speakers who you can follow. Here are who spoke. Raquel Willis, who is a writer and trans law center national organizer. The Okra Project founder, Ian Field-Stewart and the Okra Project. It's like about getting food to Black trans people, which is awesome. And then Kayan Dorishow, who's the founder and executive director of Gays and Lesbians Living in Transgender Society, which is Glitz, um, which is an organization working to buy real estate and get housing for the transgender community, specifically those getting out of Rikers Island. And I feel like one kind of positive thing, not necessarily law related, but the organization was able to raise a million dollars and is going to buy a building so that there's housing. And I feel like it's a manifestation of how like communities are ready to show up Mm -hmm. and support each other. That's great. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a macro event you would like to talk about? I think that it, we should note that Ava DuVernay is a new member of the Film Academy's Board of Governors, which, woo, which is the, you know, the group of people who kind of deal with the Oscars and the Film Academy. And it's like not all the progress that we need. They like slowly but surely are adding more women and more people of color to the board. It's like... It's about time. And like, maybe we should even like be shooting for equity, not just equality, but watch 13th. And when they see us, they're both on Netflix. Netflix also pushed out like the Black Lives Matter Netflix group of films, which um, makes it easily accessible. So just like start watching and learning because that's, that's what we can do. That's great. I just also speaking of, uh, is it Ava or Ava DuVernay? Ava DuVernay? I just like, I feel like she's one of those people who I see her name written and in my mind, I'm always like, Ava. And then I'm like, I don't actually know if that's right. <laughs> um, so, um, but I just saw this, uh, the, the DuVernay test. Have you heard of this? I saw it. I saw it. And I was like, this is good to have. Yeah. So I just wanted to read that because I know we have a lot of people that are creating. And I think that this is like probably the minimum, but I thought that this was a good place to start. And she had a good, um, she's endorsed this, which I thought was, um, which was good to know. Okay. So the, the test rules, I guess, are first, are there two named characters of color? Two, do they have dialogue? Three, are they not romantically involved with one another? Four, do they have any dialogue that isn't comforting or supporting a white character? And five, is one of them definitely not magic? (laughs) And I was like, that seems like a really good test. I just was watching um, Astronomy Club on Netflix. Have you, it's like, it's an all black sketch show. And I think the first all black sketch show, like made by black people for black people. And one of the first, in the first episodes, I think one of the first episodes, there's a sketch about um, people who play the like magical black sidekick who's like, and it's like a support group for, for the, the characters and them being like, yeah, we actually can't help. Like you're not allowed to help a white character anymore. You have to have your own story. Um, (laughs) But also shout out to that. It's, it's a really funny show. And, I didn't realize, but they were, they did not, they have not been renewed for a second season. Um, and so there's a petition on like change.org to, that you can sign to, to send Netflix to hopefully get it renewed for a second season. It's very funny. That's awesome. I'll, I'll go check it out on Netflix. Yeah. The first season is on Netflix. Cool. That's awesome. 
Cool. Do you have um, any artists that you wanted to highlight this week? Yeah, I do. Um, and they're kind of, they're like all over. So um, I've been listening to on Libro.fm, which is a, it's, it's like Audible, but it's not supported by Amazon. It supports independent bookstores. You can buy, I know, buy. God just dropped. <laughs> it's on the ground. Um, you can you like are part of a membership and then they give you like one credit to get a book, but then you can also just like buy more books on tape. I've been listening to how to be anti-racist by Ibram X. Kendi, which is everyone it's on every reading list. So I've heard that it's sold out of Amazon, which I'm like, that's good. That's good. That's good. But also like, <laughs> so like listen to listen to it on what's the app called Libro.fm. Okay. L-I-B-R-O dot F-M um, and go listen to it. It's it's excellent. And there's a really great chapter about gender and race, which I, it was very interesting. And it, I loved this part where he was like, to work to be a feminist, you're working to be anti-racist because race and gender are so entwined. So that's amazing. That's awesome. Um, there's also this incredible new resource that was shared with me. Uh, it's called Welcome to the Radical Database. Database. It's just www.theradicaldatabase.com. Um, and it has petitions to sign, resources to read, food assistance, just like all, all well organized. And um, Angelina Ruiz created it. And she's a photographer, writer, and activist, which is so awesome that we can use those resources. I think it's really helpful when they are, you know, all together and being updated by a credible source. That's actually a great segue to the artist that I wanted to share. Um, Her name is Alexis Williams. And she's, I think, currently a student at NYU, like in her last-ish year. Um, And I think she, like I was kind of Instagram stalking her, and I think she's like on the cheer team and like she's just like really cute and also is a computer programmer (laughs) and um she's also just like really beautiful and fierce on tiktok she has like a zillion followers on tiktok but she uh coded this website um called pb-resources.com and it kind of sounds similar to the website you're saying but it's national resource and educational tool um, in honor of those who've lost their lives at the hands of white supremacy and police brutality. Um, and so there's like parts that it like honors a lot of the lives that have been lost. And then there's also like calls to action on here and like ways to contribute, ways to like be, get involved, ways to, um, to like, there's like lists of podcasts, lists of books, lists of movies, things like that. Um, and it's just so cool. And this girl's like 21 and she's just like fierce AF and I think she's really cool. Um, it's the young people the young people are going to change the world they already are honestly I I know I mean they're coding and they're organizing and it's incredible it's so cool we can just support Um, another way that we can support just because we were talking a lot about like queer and trans organizations there are lists and lists of black queer and trans organizations that you can monetarily support Um, we talked about glitz before they're, they'll take more money also just to like, they're all over the country as well as national, like the LGBTQ Freedom Fund or the Trans Justice Funding Project. But then there's also ones that are more New York centric, if that's where you are. 
like the emergency release fund or the black trans travel fund. So if you have some cash and are trying to make some reparations, there are a bunch of incredible funds as well as just reparations directly to people, specifically black trans women in need is a great way to start. I love that. Um, thank you. The the last artist I wanted to highlight this week is a is a um actress and podcast host, Lacey Mosley. Specifically, she's been on a bunch of television shows, but I wanted to highlight her podcast. It's called Scam Goddess. And it's basically like the way she describes it in one of the first episodes is like it's for people who love true crime but like can't quite get to the murder part. And so it's about like fraud and embezzlement and like people posing as different people and um john and i listened to it on our road trip and honestly it's the best because i i actually do love hearing about these kinds of crimes where it's like no one was like no one died no one was like terribly hurt it's mostly like people stealing from rich people who fell for it and i love it it's so good so and it's really funny and she has like a bunch of um, really awesome guests on it and yeah so check check out scam goddess heck yeah heck yeah scammers scammers be scamming and that's that's it um also we've been thinking about the format of this podcast and how to best serve our communities and like amplify voices and we've been thinking about how a co-hosting structure where other hysterical women uh, can come in and kind of take over the pod would be really great. So if anyone out there <laughs> has any interest, drop us a carrier pigeon. DM. The best, the best option. But if you don't have one, you can DM us. Yeah. An homage to the Rachel Cargill share the mic. Um, but I think that like, these discussions of gender and culture and I mean, and comedy are just going to be enriched if there are more voices doing it. Absolutely. So yeah, if you're interested in being on our pod, send us a DM because we'd love to have you. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's, that's what we have for this week. I hope you are celebrating Juneteenth all weekend. Yeah. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you listened. If you like the pod, hit subscribe and leave us a review. Also, if you have a Mac or event that you'd like us to cover, slide into our DMs on Instagram at Hysterical Women.